Well, welcome back. Episode two, you know, there was a little bit of a layoff between first episode and second episode. You know, we're trying to get better at our craft, and um, I'm a slow reader. That's all I'll, I'll put it on me. So we're looking at chapter two today, the pyramid second tier of John Wooden's Wooden on Leadership. Um, what do you got, Strickland? So uh, his focus in this chapter um, is basically talking about the second tier of his pyramid of success or his pyramid on leadership. And um, I was drawn right away to the opening section on self-control, basically talking about how difficult it is um, to be a leader and get to to a leadership position or or attain a leadership position and um, how difficult it is to control your team or your organization, uh, especially if you can't control yourself. And being a little bit vulnerable, I have to admit, in my younger years, um, I did not, and even today, I think you and I have talked about some instances lately where I've, I've had a little bit of a difficulty with self-control as it relates more to just controlling my emotions and not letting that Influence how I respond to somebody or how I lead, and uh, you know I think I'm a pretty emotional person, and I am pretty passionate about things. And sometimes, um, yeah, this is an area where actually I I think you um, do a really good job at in your role here at Mid Prairie of just being patient, having control of things, even when things get difficult. Or somebody challenges you with something. I think yeah. uh, you've been able to respond with some self-control there. But this is an area where I struggle. I mean, I'll admit this is not an area. I think I've gotten better and improved over the years, but definitely something that I'm always looking at. And I would say that for me, to have self-control, I, I rely on two main things. One, what's my foundation of every situation? What's at the heart of the situation? And really targeting whether it's a conflict with a person, whether it's a, a stressful situation that a lot of things, decisions need to be made. What is the foundation? What is most important in that moment? And then also just being patient, patient with time, patient with people, allowing things to settle sometimes before decisions make. I really rely on those two things. I guess actually the third thing though is, is a lot of reflection. After going through a stressful time or a time where emotions are high, where self-control can be lost, really reflecting back on how did I handle the situation, why did I handle it a certain way, and then just having kind of a self-talk with myself, okay, this is what I could do better next time, and always keeping that in the forefront. Because, um, yeah, it, it's kind of the fight or flight sometimes when you're dealing with things that are stressful is i got to make a reaction. If you haven't thought about how you're going to react in those situations, you're going to go potentially in, the, in your emotional response instead of what's made more practical and logical. So yeah, no, self-control is not easy. I get it. Um, it's definitely something I work on all the time and I'm not perfect at it. And I found like I'm, I'm pretty good. I think self-control wise in situations or events or instances, but it's usually kind of in the interpersonal relationships that I have that sometimes, you know, yeah. If someone approaches me, disrespectfully or approaches me kind of in a in an attacking aggressive mode um sometimes i have a tendency to respond in the same manner and you know i think being honest and reflecting that's not 
been very successful mm-hmm. for me in the past, and, and it's something that I'm just I'm very aware of. I'm much more conscious of it now as a 41-year-old than I probably was when I was 30 and I first got into the principalship. So, But it is something, reading through this chapter just kind of reemphasized how um, it starts at the top, like we kind of talked about in the last podcast. And, and as a leader, um, I have to demonstrate that self-control if I'm going to expect my team to do the same. Um, I kind of focus on the third one here of initiative. I, um, that one really stuck out to me because it, it really focused on making mistakes. And I kind of liked how he, he, he made sure to go back and justify or emphasize that mistakes aren't made because of carelessness or sloppiness. It's actually you're taking assertive action based on proper assessment of the risk. Um, I... I mean, some of it's my foundation of being a math teacher and just in general, I think you learn a lot from mistakes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard because there's that fear of failure. I, I listen to, um, he's actually the Nebraska football coach, um, live with a desire to excel, not a fear to fail. And I've lived by those words and um, always pushing forward to be the best I can be and know that I'm going to make mistakes and actually learning from those mistakes actually makes me a better leader and a better person and a better father and and everything I do. Um, So, but I have to take that initiative and be assertive. Like I I feel confident and go in this direction of whatever it's going to be. And that's always one thing that's hard because there's a lot of people that are looking at you wondering why are you making the decisions you're making? There's a lot of questioning. So, it can be it can be scary, um, be unnerving at times, but it's something I know that I have to do because otherwise I'm just sitting still doing nothing. Yeah, and I, I picked up on a quote in here um, that he had mentioned that he talked to his team or told his team many times, be quick, but don't hurry. And, and by that, he means, you know, make a decision, take action, decide what you're going to do and do it. Um, to me, I, you know, that, that resonates a little bit, too, with my study of the R factor from the Kite brothers and just or the Kite um, father and son group there that um, kind of introduced E plus R equals O. And I think the first one of their the first discipline that they introduce in response is pressing pause. And and sometimes pause can be five seconds. Sometimes pause needs to be a couple days, um, much like the lack of self-control. I've also found myself different times as a leader being a little bit impulsive and and wanting to rush into things and make quick decisions. And sometimes you have to do that depending on the scenario or the situation. Um, you, you do have to you do have to put it out there. And I don't necessarily uh, think that fear of failure has been something I've struggled with in the past. I do think um, I haven't always done a good job of just taking some time to kind of reflect and get my mind right and think about what are what I'm how I need to respond and, and what I'm going to do and what kind of action I'm going to take and then what kind of consequences are going to be coming as a result of that. Yeah. This chapter's a little shorter than the other one. Yeah, think- so hopefully we'll keep this this time we'll probably keep it under 20 minutes or around 20 minutes. That, that was some feedback that I did receive from 
uh, someone who don't talk so much. Is that what they're yeah? Don't talk so much. But I, but I, you know, uh, we welcome that feedback, and I appreciate the fact that they actually listen to it, or at least oh, pretended to listen to it. The so. last one of is is intentiveness, and it there's a lot of commonality between intentiveness and self control. But the part the, the the words that stay the course um, that is very difficult and to. It sounds easy, obviously, just focus on what your goals are, focus on that. But it can be very difficult. So if you have a five-year five year plan or five-year goal of where you want to be in education, things come up. And sometimes the state will throw new things at you that you kind of have to factor into your plans. And it can be very difficult at times to not want to go a different direction. But um, this is where in, encompassing multiple teams in your school district or in whatever situation you're in, a team of people come together. What What is the plan for the next two, three, four, five years? And then what do we have to do to be successful to get there? So always kind of coming back to that. And again, that got, kind of goes back to self-control too of what's the plan moving forward and are we really focusing on our foundation of what we feel is important when we make decisions? Um, so having that in place, to me, there's a great connection there. And I, I think it's not, not ironic that those are in the same chapter together. Well, I mentioned in the last podcast, I, I do like the, I'm a big fan of books that summarize the chapter at the end. Not that I skipped to that. I did actually read through the chapter, but um, he gives some tips kind of at the end, rules to lead by. Obviously, the first one, he kind of focused on self-control. I really like the second one. Um, he states, be a heads up leader, um, making alertness, which was another one of the um, parts of this second tier of the pyramid that he discussed at the very beginning we didn't really hit on it much but um, just thinking ahead being two or three steps ahead I think it's also important to get to know your team and and know the members of your team and and knowing their their strengths and and maybe knowing the areas where they struggle a little bit Um, but but being a heads-up leader is just in my opinion and and kind of supporting what he put in the book is just knowing the ins and outs of your team and and knowing um yeah and as we've talked before having a vision too i mean i think that's important um sometimes that's not something that i'm drawn to um because it is sometimes hard to look three to five years into the future and with so many like you said so many variables and things coming up that can that can affect the vision or affect your path um, i think it's important to start to think a couple steps ahead and and be proactive i mean i think being a heads-up leader is is also just being proactive in what you're doing and, and not sitting back and waiting for things to happen, but, you know, taking that initiative to, to make it sure that it happens. And, um, but yeah, I think it's important. I, I, I have strived as a leader to really get to know the people that I work with and the, the team that I'm a part of and, and know as much about them as possible. Um, because I do think that helps me as the leader, I believe making people around you better is a big part of my belief as a leader. And so I think knowing it's hard to make people better if you don't know them and you don't know their strengths and you don't know what their yeah. their struggles are. So I appreciated that section as well. I do enjoy when they sum up at the end. It makes me know that whether what was I was reading was correct or not. <laughs> right. Well, I think it just provides a nice summary too and kind of highlights. Again, not that I skip ahead and read that. I mean, I, I do actually read through the chapter, but it's just kind of yeah. a... Um, yeah, it's a nice summary and some practical tips moving forward as well. Um, 
the other piece that I found in there pretty interesting was, again, not fearing failure, but also not punishing people for taking initiative. And I think sometimes that is sometimes that's sometimes a little bit difficult. And I think especially um, when those mistakes are made, maybe by sloppiness or, or poor judgment or yeah. um, uh, lack of effort. For example, yeah, I mean, if I, someone's taking initiative and screws up or makes a mistake, like that's you, they learn from that. That's great that they took the initiative, and there's nothing wrong with making a mistake if you're taking the initiative to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think it's important to to think about how you address. Um, you know, he talked about mistakes that are you know commissions versus omissions, and I mean, I think there's a big difference, and I, I've. I always pride myself that I, I don't punish initiative and and that I try to give people grace for making mistakes sometimes and allowing them sometimes to fall short of their goal a little bit. But um, we've talked off of our podcast here about accountability, and yeah. I think sometimes that ties into this as well. Like when when do you, when do you hold someone accountable, or how do you hold someone accountable without? Um, punishing or knocking down their initiative or taking away their initiative. No, yeah, I think there's to this one, if someone's taking initiative and, and takes a risk and, and makes mistakes, I don't know if there's really there I don't know if you hold someone accountable for that. It's just more working with them, okay, why did you why did this fail? What what created this mistake and figure out how do you support and how do you work with them so those things don't happen. Um, or better yet, I'll ask you this. How do you hold someone accountable without possibly instilling a fear of failure? Because they know yeah. now they're playing. You know, it's kind of like you hear, team, you hear sports analogies where teams are playing not to lose. You know? No, I, I, think it, I think it first starts with you and I mean, me as the leader, my message on failure. Do I own up to my mistakes? Mm-hmm. And... Being upfront, whether it's standing in front of people or whether it's mass email or, or if it's in small group, whatever, like just owning the fact that hey, I screwed up here, and not not belating the point where it's going and just giving an excuse for it. Just hey, I screwed up here. This is what I'll do moving forward. I think that's where it starts. Is I'm demonstrating from my own side of things. Like I know I'm going to make mistakes. Um, they're not in, now. If they're intentional, that's a problem. <laughs> right. I'm not intentionally right. doing it. It's just I'm learning through whatever I'm doing. Like, oh, that didn't work. That that was unsuccessful. But why was it unsuccessful? Just learn from there. From there, moving on. How do I instill that with other people? If somehow I, if sometimes I do hold someone accountable for their actions, there's usually that sometimes can hurt the relationship a little bit and make someone upset with you. And giving people time to come to real, letting them heal from those wounds and then follow up conversations about okay I don't hold any will and that that says that don't hold it against them that moving down the road like don't say oh you did this wrong no if they step up and want to take initiative again yeah. encourage that yeah. and don't hold those things against them mm-hmm. and I think yeah and I think that's kind of a struggle because I think sometimes I've found it very difficult in leadership to get people past that fear of failure. Yeah. I mean, just um, sometimes encouragement is not enough. And sometimes I think they it's helpful for when they do fail and, and they see 
kind of how my response is to their failure and how yeah. I deal with it and how I address it. Um, I think sends a pretty big message moving forward with their with their growth and development as well. Um, so, was well, a short chapter. Definitely was a short chapter. So, but some good stuff in there for sure. Oh, uh, what's the ne- next chapter? chapter next three? chapter is chapter three, the heart of the pyramid. So, we'll try to do a little more timely manner. But yeah, that, I think some things that, came six up. Weeks, seven weeks we're doing. Was it? I was thinking more like three, but close enough. Too do long. Any, do you have any Game of Thrones updates? No, I actually have not. Uh, I don't you watch don't Game watch of Thrones. Nah, if it's typically if it's not on ESPN, uh, I, I don't watch it. Um, I have been watching a little bit of West Wing. Good, good leadership uh, West series. Wing? West Wing. So uh, it's kind of older. I know. I've watched. It's You've on seen it. Okay. Netflix. Or yeah. It's on something. Uh, much to my wife's uh, displeasure, uh, I do turn that on at night. I've been. I had watched it a few years ago. Really didn't sit, it really didn't sit well, and it was hard to follow. And actually, became a pretty good sleep aid for me. But uh, recently, I've I've watched. I think I'm through season one, and just last night started to get into season two. But there's there's some interesting uh, team focus and leadership things. I think you can get out of that series and just how the White House operates. I'm not saying that's how the real White House operates, yeah. but it's it's interesting for me to see the different personalities working together and. Um, you know, uh, dealing with the constant stress and busyness, and yeah. it puts things in perspective a little bit. When no. I tend to think I'm busy here, yeah. and, I, and I realize there, it's it's crazy. Well, the next episode of Game of Thrones, the White Walkers are there. The okay. big battle. It's supposed to be like a 90 minute episode. Yeah, I have no idea which. I, I literally have no concept of Game of Thrones. So I think what I was told is it's the longest battle scene okay. of any television show. Okay. Like, it's going to be a long one. Okay, I'm so it's going to be epic. Excited. Yeah, it's going to be epic. Okay. Yeah, there's dragon, I'll, two I'll, of them, okay. three of them. Okay. One of them's a White Walker. Okay. I think you're selling yourself short now. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think I've um, already indicated my nerdiness here a little bit <laughs> with my uh, watching of West Wing and so, yeah, I'll have to check that out before our next podcast. You're not, you're not going to do no, that. No, I'm not. You're right. I won't do that. But. All right. Well, we're going to sign off here, and we'll get Chapter 3 for next time. See you later, world.